part of the challenge is it's not static. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got brand new board members, you have brand new leaders, you've got new leaders within the community. As I affectionately would say, it's a thousand conversations all the time and really building that level of the capability within the system to really lead together in a, in a coherent way. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Kilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. It's with great pleasure I welcome back to our show my colleague and friend, Dr. Pat Greco. We had a chance to engage in a conversation with a panel of superintendents associated with the Educational Research and Development Institute, or ERDI. ERDI works to create a rich and meaningful forum for educational leaders and innovators to collaboratively discuss, design, and shape PK-12 products and services. Our ERDI colleagues are committed to ensuring that all students and services are available to the highest quality of learning experiences so that they will be productive, ready stewards for the future. So it's with great pleasure today that, you know, I'm here with Pat because Pat was a a member of ERDI before she joined us and we still stay connected to ERDI through her membership, her past membership there and the colleagues that she has all over the country. And the superintendent serving on our panel this summer were stellar and provided great insights. So I've asked Dr. Greco to join me today to talk about a question we asked the panel and then to reflect on her own experiences as we all face great challenges entering the new school year. Welcome to the show again, Pat. Love to have this conversation with you. Thanks, Janet. And it's always a pleasure. And this one's particularly, it's an area that I find really interesting because ERDI's mission is so unique and having the opportunity to have those deep conversations as you're working together to prepare resources for the education market is really engaging. Yeah, I agree. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you for bringing that to us because I, every time we're on a panel with superintendents, I feel like they're, you know, so genuine about wanting to do the right thing to provide good feedback and have just really enjoyed that conversation. So let's start with that first question because we had an opportunity to connect with a panel of four superintendents this summer. And, you know, what, so let's talk about what did we learn from the ERDI? Superintendents, when we ask them this question, you know, what are your biggest challenges going into next year? Yeah, and as we think about those biggest challenges and and leaders across the country right now are reflecting on both what they've learned, you know, what can they keep and then what will they be learning going into the year ahead? Part of what they, you know, what they had shared with us is how do we sustain the momentum of what worked well? You know, as you think about what they've learned over the course of the last 18 months, you know, the cleaning routines, they know, you know, they've learned a lot about health and safety for schools, you know, as they think about maintaining those healthy relationships, really building that opportunity for staying connected. One of the things that they've, they see as both a gift and a challenge is they've learned a lot about 
building and rebuilding deep communication with families in a way that they would have never anticipated doing. They've learned a lot about how kids can learn in a different learning environment and what some of those barriers were. So as they think about those challenges going into next year, some of the things they shared were, you know, how do we sustain what we've learned? How do we actually get everyone back into that healthy routine as they're coming back into school, reforging those relationships? And Janet, as you've often said, you know, half of the high school will be new to that building. You know, two thirds of the middle school will be new to the, you know, to those school buildings and a big chunk of the elementary schools as, you know, depending on your grade configuration, those families will be all looking to the school environment to really build that warm welcome and that sense of stability, that sense of calm, that sense of we're in this together, you know, so really sustaining, helping kids build and navigate those options for learning, supporting everybody as they still are struggling with that swirl of information that continues to come out. And really, the other thing that, you know, they were open about is navigating individuals who just aren't happy with where we're at right now, you know, whether it's, you know, it's the current conditions or, you know, the policies, how do you actually keep healthy relationships as politics jump, you know, really the political dynamics of where we're at right now continue to stay as heightened as they are. Yeah, that's going to be a constant balance, I'm sure, for them throughout the throughout the year. You know, and, you know, Pat, as, as we also talked to them throughout the session, one thing became pretty clear to us, which we talked about quite a bit since we left them. And that is, I mean, leadership's always been important. But one of the things that I learned, you know, from the conversation is that that building leadership capacity throughout the organization, you know, not just with leaders, who are in leadership positions, but really across the, the district, right? That everyone really needs to have leadership capabilities and skills in a different way. And we need our leaders to be better than ever. You know, that became pretty clear to us as a common thread, you know, just kind of, I, I know you've, yeah. you've always been focused on leaders, but you know, what was your thought as you listened to that? When we think about navigating the challenges in the last eight, 18 months, their ability to lead, their ability to communicate healthy in, in a healthy way, their ability to lead as one team. And really, it didn't matter if they were support team members or, you know, people in executive leadership roles, having the skills and the ability to, you know, create that sense of calm, create that sense of focus, that ability to scaffold information. Those were critical skill sets and mindsets of, of that leadership team. And you're absolutely right. I think in the past, leadership development was viewed as nice, but not necessary. It became crystal clear that leadership development is really part of that core of that capacity building for the organization and that lifeline for that leadership team to really support everyone they serve, the students, the families, the staff members, the community really effectively. Yeah, that's great. It was just such a nice conversation and good information to, you know, to hear and to learn from, to see where they are. And it it was kind of music to my ears, to be honest with you, when we were having that conversation. So let's stay with the challenge for a few minutes, because I, you know, I kind of wanted to build a theme out about 
you know, what are, what are challenges and how do we work through those? So let's just go back to you and your, your, uh, your memory as superintendent and just, you know, as you think about it, just in general, what do you, what was your biggest challenge, Pat, as a superintendent? Well, it'd be easy to speak to a specific incident, you know, and because every every organization has them, you know, and, and we've had, you know, we've had incidences that have created national news over the course of my career multiple times. So it would be easy to speak to an incident. One of the really the biggest challenges goes back to what we were just talking about. School systems are living systems. You know, so as you think about that biggest challenge is you always have people jumping into the middle of the storyline of you've got brand new children and families, you've got brand new staff members, you're trying to build that sense of coherence, that sense of focus, that sense of ability to continue to stay really clear on what your targets are and how you're building that capacity for the growth towards those targets. Part of the challenge is it's not static. Yeah, so you've got brand new board members, you have brand new leaders, you've got new leaders within the community. As I affectionately would say, it's a thousand conversations all the time and really building that level of the capability within the system to really lead together in a, in a coherent way. It was the reason why, and you know this, we've talked about it so many times, evidence-based leadership, that framework became really part of that underpinning that was my go-to. You know, what's our focus? How do we develop the capabilities in the team? How do we behave together? You know, how do we give feedback effectively? How do we talk, you know, talk about the areas that we need to improve? And then how do we resource it? You know, so as we think about that that elegantly simple framework became really powerful, you know, as a tool set for me. So when we think about what is that biggest challenge, it's really that clarity, the coherence, the priorities. How do you continue to onboard people because you're getting them? Often people think about August and September, but you hire all the time. we We have support staff members that we're hiring in January. Right. You know, and we have board members that change in April and we've got all of the new families that come in and out. You know, that that change is constant. And then how do you keep that messaging clear? How do you keep that really that core to your principles of we're here to support people? We're here to make a difference. We want to make sure that everyone feels that level of support and care. And we're building the capabilities in order to be able to do that well so that people feel supported, regardless of where they sit within that organization. You know, so the biggest challenge is really navigating hard issues, because there will always be hard issues, but making sure that people know that you're human, your team is human, your board is human, building those deep relationships, you know, and making sure that, you know, they feel that sense of care, almost questioning when they hear negative things of, well, that's not my experience, but in order for them to say that, they have to have a positive experience with the organization. You know, so it's really building that 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 deep bank of positive experiences, direction and coherence as you're moving into the fact that it's a living system. Yeah, you know, and Pat, you know, I hear you talk a little bit about, you know, how you work through those challenges and, you know, relying on the evidence-based leadership framework or that framework gave you a a solid foundation for the way that you work through those challenges. I, I, I think it's, you know, just with the 
the leaders I'm working with right now more important than ever to really rely on that framework and that system. Stay, you know, stay focused and persistent and consistent and to be able to manage through the continuous change that occurs each and every day. That's kind of, I mean, I, I think that's what I hear you say. Is that is that kind of what you would think would be the, the biggest approach to working on the challenges that anybody faces? Yeah, and I and also being able to filter out the white noise because there's plenty of it. You know, so how do we stay centered on what we agree upon is really important. How do we actually continue to build the capabilities of the team so people feel confident? You know, how do we keep the messages going out so that people feel confident in the work that we're doing? And then also trying to build that coalition, you know, because one of the other things that I learned during the course of being a leader is, you know, the hospitals are dealing with many of the same issues that we are, the municipal government is, the community colleges are. If we can create that level of synergy across the organizations, we're really working on behalf of the community, not working in silos as leaders of large organizations. You know, yeah, so the, the other piece of it is, is everyone is navigating you know, that the, those same challenges yet in a different way. How do we make that sense of commitment to care for the community part of that regular conversation and manage one another up across the organization so that it doesn't create that we, they, or that level of pitting organization against the organizations? You know, so I think if I've learned anything, you know, the frameworks matter, the ability to, to think about your organization as a system, not just a collection of people, you know, and really being able to build those deep networks around that why and so that you can message in a healthy way together. Yeah, and you did all three of those very well. And Pat, you know, I mean, I think you're a, a model, especially for that last one, you know, your ability to build those networks and your commitment to that is, has been so strong. So, um, that's a that's an added piece that sometimes I think leaders forget that's really, really significant. So let's talk about you. You know, what did you learn about yourself as a leader? One of the things that, you know, I think early on, and I see it in many new leaders, is you know, it it's kind of that notion of when you're in a classroom, you feel like you have to protect your kids. As a new leader, you feel like you have to protect your team. And then as you learn over time, you can't protect them from things that are going to happen. You can just build strong capability to navigate, you know, the hardest issues well together. So if I've learned anything, it's really that constant learning and capability building was the biggest gift I could give to any team. You know, so that it built their confidence, but not feeling like if the challenge was there and they weren't capable of solving it, but really building that deep level of confidence in being able to tackle any issue. You know, so that piece of it was one of the things that I learned most. You can't protect people from the hard stuff. You can just prepare them outrageously well. Yeah, that's so, you know, it's so interesting you just said that because I had a, last week I had a conversation, it was the conversation I had with the leader that the leader talking about the desire to really want to, you know, I've, as, as the years pass, I've, I've made, you know, those decisions where I really wanted to protect people or I took it on, I wanted to take it on, you know, and we're talking about 
you know, I can't do that anymore. That's not helpful to my team. And I, you know, it, it's so hard because we're, we do it at a, you know, out of our heart and thinking that it's the thing that we, that we need to do, but, um, but it's not the right decision and it's not helpful. So really right. a great hard lesson, I think for all of us to learn and, and so hard to stay true to. So good advice out there. I think for leaders to um, to really know how to let go of that and build the, as you said, Pat, really focus on building those skills and capabilities in the team. I think the other thing, Janet, and this is one of the things that, you know, we want so badly to do that level of support that we have that internal, we want to carry the load. You know, mm-hmm. we keep it too close to our hearts. It becomes almost personal and a point to a point where it's unhealthy. You know, so part of, you know, as we problem solve together, we have to actually show that we're part of that problem solving. We're not the problem solver. You know, we have to build that capability to solve problems and improve processes, but we're not we're not just the decision maker. You know, we have to make decisions. There's no doubt. We right. have to build the capacity to make hard decisions. And one of the things that we can't protect people, but building that capability is really that difference maker. Yeah, so good, Pat. That's so good. So let's end then with, you know, what did you learn? So you did this and you and worked to really build your team. So what did you learn about your team? You know, when you think about your superintendent days, what did you learn about your team? What I learned about the team was really that the pattern of young leaders, that level of protection is almost a natural tendency. You know, so being able to to be explicit about that, you know, in our language, Janet will talk about it as park ranger leadership. Right. In the reality of systems, we have to actually talk about it from that standpoint of how do we build the skills and ability to help people problem solve well together as a team and big stuff will happen. You know, how do we prepare the organization and the team to weather big stuff without it defeating the team in the moment. You know, and these last 18 months have been a living example of that. There has always been big stuff. There will continue to be big stuff. This was just an event that we all experienced at the same time. You know, but there are lots of issues that are complex within big organizations that will continue to happen. You know, so as I learned about the team, that natural inclination, that ability to grow leadership, you know, and grow it from that standpoint of regardless of where their starting point is, they can develop that leadership skills. And regardless of age, that's one thing that I've also learned is I've jumped into organizations where leaders have been there for 15, 20, 30 years who developed into really strong skill sets. You know, so having that growth mindset about the leaders as well as the learners within the organization. Yeah, I've learned that that's a difference maker as well. Yeah, you know, so we kind of ended here where we started. And I think back over the panel with superintendents, Pat, yep. you know, I, I don't think we, uh, you know, we didn't script this in that way. But as we think about what we heard from the panel, you know, that leadership, I mean, building leadership capacity and capabilities in people our people is more important than ever, you know, and and I listened to what you talked about today and you were just reinforcing that it's always been important, but right now, because 
of the challenges that we face, you know, we see it so clearly in front of us. Yeah, um, and I, so, yes, you know, so, so interesting. I mean, such a, such a, you know, it's a, I don't know, I think it's probably one of the times in, probably in most industries, but in education where, you know, this is a great turning point for us in this regard. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I think one of the things that when we think about the level of technology, the level of information, the level of complexity, the level of politics will continue to accelerate, right? So I'm going to make that as a prediction. That right. isn't going to go away. You know, so our shared ability to be crystal clear, to problem solve, to big, build strong teams, and to really make sure that we're celebrating what works and, and really focusing on the barriers that are getting in the way collectively as a team, that skill set will be immeasurably important. You know, next year, the next five years, the next 10 years, I don't see that changing. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's just, a, it's only going to get get more important and more relevant and our ability to see it more clearly is what's going to make us get better and make it different. Absolutely. Um, so, so, um, so appreciative and thankful, you know, for that and thankful for the people that we get to work with each and every day and learn from and to be in the field with them. Uh, so Pat, thank you so much for the conversation. I really enjoyed this time with you. Um, wanted to add, just sit down and ask these questions anyway, and what better way to do it than to share it with our listeners. So thank you for being with us today. Take care. And I, I appreciate always the hard work that you do and, and the work of the entire team. Absolutely. Our team is um, a phenomenal team who has great passion and skill set and continues to want to build their leadership capacity and capability. So I'm appreciative of that in so many ways. So as to you, the listeners today, this was a, a great conversation with Dr. Greco and hope that you enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. And as always, so appreciative of the time that you spend with us listening to this podcast. So thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Performance. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week, everyone.